Hello, nerds and nerdettes. It's Jared from the future here. The episode you're about to listen to is one we recorded with our very special guest, Lisa, from I Love That Movie, uh, where we discuss all things Tim Burton. Um, we do not discuss it in the beginning of the show, but this is the official kickoff of our spooky season content for you guys. Um, the reason why is because of the living situation I had with my apartment flooding. We didn't get have enough time to get enough content for spooky season for you guys. So we made this episode the official start of our spooky season for you guys. And hey, what better director to pick than Tim Burton to discuss? So sit back and enjoy. I'm going to cue the spooky music. Podcast. Now, here's your ambassadors, Melissa Nicholson and Jared Boots. Junior Ambassadors, Nerd and Nerdettes of all ages, welcome back to the Nerd United Nations podcast. I, of course, am your co-host from the Midwest United States, Jared Boots, and with me as always is my ambassador to the great white north of Canada, Miss Melissa Nicholson. Melissa, how are you doing? Uh, I'm doing okay. Uh, things are good. It's starting to feel like fall, which is making me happy, so, you know. <laughs> It is the most wonderful time of the year. That it is. <laughs> and all the listeners right now are like, oh, God, they're talking about the weather again. Oh, <laughs> like they did back in the summertime. <laughs> <laughs> well, Melissa, you ready to talk some Tim Burton? Uh, heck yeah. Well, as if I didn't already know the answer to that. Who doesn't want to talk about Tim Burton? Right. <laughs> but, uh. We do have a special guest with us today. Um, please welcome from the I Love That Movie podcast, Lisa. Lisa, welcome to the Nerd Night of Nations. Hey, yes. Thank you so much for having me. This is so fun. I'm, I'm so excited to dive into all things Tim Burton today. Uh, it's like, uh, I don't even think, I can't think of a term right now. Melissa, what am I thinking? <laughs> uh... I don't know what you're thinking. Um, that's going to be a pretty Gift good that keeps on getting. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So, so, Lisa, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Uh, for sure. Um, so, I am a podcaster, like like you two, and uh, I have a show called I Love That Movie. And it really, we try to focus on the positive. So we pick a movie that people love. Um, my guest always picks the movie. They go watch it again. And I watch it also. And then we, we just chat about it. You know, it's not really a review. It's not um, breaking the whole movie down. I mean, we do 
tend to talk about our favorite scenes and actors and directors, but it's also kind of just a personal conversation about, you know, why that movie means so much to them, uh, how they grew up with it. And I, I like the personal side of, of the experience that people have watching these movies that they love. So, yeah, that's, that's great. And if you guys haven't listened to it, I highly recommend it. And I can personally, I, I cherry pick the movies. Oh yeah. Everybody does. <laughs> yeah, I told I told you off air. The first one I picked was uh, actually the first episode I picked was Brain Candy because I'd never seen that on a podcast before. I love like, that too. I, I, <laughs> you know, it's like you never know. Like when we were recording it, I'm like, probably no one's gonna listen to this, but then it becomes like a niche thing where it's like there's just not a lot of content out there reviewing certain movies. So it was, and and we just genuinely loved it when we saw it. So we were like, we got to talk about this. It's definitely a certain sense of humor. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Melissa, what was the first episode of Lisa's show you listened to? Uh, Actually, the first episode that I had uh, listened to was the Dark Knight episode. Nice. Yeah. There was a few others that I can't remember right now that I was like, oh, I want to listen to this one, listen to this one. And then it was like, oh, Dark Knight. So then... (laughs) I, I, that was my first one, so and then a few others I, that followed. <laughs> I think I've, I figured you would have gone for Holy Grail first. I know I saw that one first, actually. <laughs> I was like, oh! and and then uh, you know, like a squirrel, I got distracted, and you know, <laughs> <laughs> that's that that's understandable, and you know, we, uh, I, I sympathize with that, so I understand. <laughs> It's it's the nerd excitement, you know. Yes, like, I. That's a good so word many for it. Nerd, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a word that popped into my head just now, and I think it's a good one. <laughs> yeah, you need to that. I like that. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, like I said, we're going to talk about Tim Burton today, and instead of going uh, movie by movie, because I'd be here all day, and all of us hosting here we love to listen to long podcasts but we do not like to edit long podcasts so we're just going to do sort of what we did in our anniversary episode with guy and mikey on killer clowns from outer space we're going to do more of a round table discussion so i wrote up a bunch of questions and everybody's going to answer them and we'll hopefully inspire some discussion from there so if the ladies are ready ready mm-hmm. you ready absolutely ready all right <laughs> All right, so the first question is, what was your first exposure to Tim Burton, uh, Lisa? Oh, I had to think long and hard about this. You know, I think Tim Burton has just been such a big part of my childhood and my movie experience. It's hard to pick just one, but I'm going to guess that it was Pee-wee's Big Adventure. I don't think I knew who he was then because I was so little, but I definitely knew who Pee-wee was, so... I, I'm going to say that, that that movie started as a, a great movie to me as a kid, but as I've gotten older, it just gets better. It just gets funnier, and I, I think it's you know one of his underrated great movies. Oh, yeah. Well, so what about you? Well, for me, it was... I, I couldn't pick one, <laughs> um, because there was actually three that... Um, I was first introduced to with Tim Burton and the first one being Beetlejuice, kind of the classic Tim Burton, if you want to call it that. Um, it was Beetlejuice, then Ed Wood, and then The Nightmare Before Christmas. There are the three oh, yeah. that... <laughs> 
You don't genuinely hear Ed Wood before Nightmare Before Christmas when it comes to I know. To I was thinking that too. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that w- those were the three that, that when I was introduced to um, Tim Burton, those were the three that I that I watched. And I really enjoyed Although awesome. I haven't seen I haven't seen Ed Wood in a very long time, and I haven't been able to find it anywhere, which is kind of sad. But <laughs> yeah, that, that's a, Ed Wood is a good one, and you don't usually hear people that being that that being one of their first ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm with Lisa. Uh, I'm about the same age as Lisa, and my first uh, experience with Tim Burton was Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Uh, yeah. I remember seeing it on. I remember seeing it on Betamax in my uncle's basement. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> Show my age a little bit. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Betamax. Nice. <laughs> Any listener under the age of 20 is like, what's Betamax? Right. Oh, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but I, like, like you, I grew up with Pee Wee Herman too. So I already knew who Pee Wee was before I saw the movie or before I knew who Tim Burton was. And, and it, like I agree, it's like one of those movies that gets better the more you watch it too. I rewatched yeah. it uh, last week, I think. So, is there any projects of Tim's you guys saw for the first time before we started recording, Lisa? No, I felt really confident in the amount of Tim Burton content I've seen. <laughs> so I haven't <laughs> seen anything new super recently, and I think, I think another part of that too is the fact that. I treasure his earlier stuff so much that it's kind of hard for me to take in new content. It's not the same to me. And I don't want to like put him down as a director at all, but I think I just prefer that earlier stuff. So I haven't really added new stuff to it. Yeah. That's got, I'm in the similar aspect that, uh, um, there was some things I knew so well that I didn't have to rewatch him beforehand, like nightmare before Christmas, uh, I did watch the first Batman movie, but I still know it pretty well. Beetlejuice and Sweeney Todd uh, and Batman Returns, I knew pretty well. But I did add some new stuff. But uh, Melissa, what about you? Did you add any new stuff? Uh, yeah, actually, there was, and I, it was a movie that I thought I had seen at one point, and then I finally watching it, and I realized no, it was something I hadn't seen, and it was uh, Corpse Bride. I hadn't seen that one. So, and I, I really loved it. I thought it was a very good movie. Really cute. So, that was actually the only one, um, yeah, that I hadn't seen. Um, of course, I've seen all the, you know, his classic ones, of course. So, so yeah, that was, that was the only one that was like, I thought I had seen it, but then realized, no, oh, I hadn't. So, <laughs> yeah. Cur- Corpse Bride is good, and I felt old to realize that movie's 15 years old already. Whoa. Oh, really? <laughs> I feel like it just came out. <laughs> yeah. Oh. That hurts. Yeah. I was like that with one of them. I think it was, I was talking, talking about Dark Shadows with my friend. She was, I was 2012. I'm like, fuck, really? <laughs> Man. Oh. <laughs> really? <laughs> That's funny. Oh. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and, that one, and that one seems so recent too. It does. Yeah. Oh. Wow. <laughs> it just they make you feel old now, or what? <laughs> yeah, for real. <laughs> oh man. 
Well, uh, I actually had I actually had a few films I saw of his for the first time. Um, uh, first one was Big Fish. I'd never seen that one before. Oh, well, yeah. what a treat! That's yeah. A good one. Well, pretty much anything with the word big in the title I saw for the first time. I actually just finished Big Eyes about an hour ago before we started recording. <laughs> oh, yeah, I've seen that one. You know, it's like that's one of those I kind of forget is him, you know? Yeah. Well, I was talking with my friend about it while I was watching. It. I go, it's like the it's like the least Tim Burton-y film out of his whole collection. Um, right. I wonder what the story behind that is. Like, I wonder why. Well, well I theorize it's like the Margaret Keene's uh, art style kind of fits him. It does, and then I think, and the col- the color scheme of the movie kind of fits a little bit too, like the way the colors pop, and like when they're in Hawaii or when they're in San Francisco. So that I kind of um, that kind of drew me in. I go, this is kind of Tim Burton. I can see it now. And yeah. then uh, and I saw his rendition of Planet of the Apes for the first time too. Oh, really? See, I yeah. I had I saw that in theaters. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I was never a huge Planet of the Apes fan, like the mm-hmm. whole franchise in general. I've seen the original. I saw the one with James Franco, but I've never been like a diehard of the franchise. But I enjoy Tim Burton's. I might have a little bit of a, a little bit of a mm, favoritism towards it because of the director. <laughs> so. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, so that really works for you. Yeah. And that, and then I saw the videos he directed for the Killers, and the one for Bones is. Definitely a Tim Burton. You can tell definitely tell Tim Burton had a, a piece in that. With it starts off with Jason and the Argonauts playing at a drive-in. Wow. Yeah, I have to go back and watch those. I know I've seen those uh, music videos, but I I don't think I was aware that he directed them. Uh, it's amazing how we, like uh, me and Melissa we did an episode with Guy Milks on uh, Mila Jovovich back in February. Mm-hmm. We t- do, Melissa, do you remember the name of the band? She did that. Uh, Mila did that music video for. Oh, um, oh, I can't remember. Um, I have to look. I have yeah. to look it up and send it to you, Lisa. But it really, okay. it, it definitely did not fit the like the song and the video were like two completely <laughs> different animals. <laughs> oh, how funny! Sometimes that happens. Yeah. It plays off like a horror movie, but it's like the most random song ever to have a horror movie playing. Yeah, I remember. Oh, yeah. I remember that being like kind of um, what, like a folky kind of song, really slow. And then like it's just trying to be like a horror movie kind of thing. It's really weird. <laughs> you You really expect like some like death metal to play or something and. And you don't have that. It's just, yeah, it's kind of weird. <laughs> <laughs> I I have to see this now. <laughs> yeah, yeah I'll, I'll look it up when we're done, and I'll send you a message on Twitter. Okay. Um, moving on. Uh, in your opinion, what is uh, let's see, I skipped the question. My bad. What is your favorite film that Tim has been a part of? Uh, it could be right. <laughs> yes, go ahead. Okay. Uh, written, directed, produced, whatever. Hmm. Yeah, when I think about him, I feel like I'm more familiar with what he directed than what he just had a part in. I mean, I, mean, I guess even though like uh, Nightmare Before Christmas would be, he didn't direct that, right? He, I think he wrote it. Um, yeah, wrote and produced he wrote it. it. And wrote and produced it. it. Yes, yeah, somebody else 
Which makes sense because he didn't have a lot of experience with stop motion, probably. Um, man, that's such a hard question. Uh, it, it's probably going to be the same answer as your your next question, but man, it's hard to pick one. I, I really, I, I'm really dancing around this because it's so hard. Um, it's going to change. I know the second I answer, it's going to change, but <laughs> I, I really like uh, Beetlejuice. I think that it's such a great movie. I think that it kind of marries all the stuff that's Tim Burton-y into one thing. And... Yeah, it, you know, I, I kept stuttering over this because it's like, I also want to say Edward Scissorhands, and I want to say Ed Wood. Um, when I said earlier that I like his earlier stuff, I liked when the plot revolved around, like, not fitting into, like, suburbia. Like, to me, that, I don't know, like, that is, like, where he shines the most, where it's, like, about being an outsider, not really fitting in, but having those two things, like, simultaneously. There's just a lot of humor in that, and... This movie is like genuinely very, very funny. And but the effects are really cool too, and just everything about it. I just I do think that's probably one of his best movies. Yeah. And I was talking with my friend Jasmine about how lately he's been doing a lot of uh feel good style ish movies. Mm-hmm. Um not necessarily his niche. I wonder I pondered maybe because he he wants to break away from being that doing that misfit thing. Mm-hmm. So he's not, he's not at all doom and gloom. Like Dumbo is still a misfit, but at the same time, it's still more heartwarming. Yeah. Again, and he could a, be, he's always, he's always had that background heartwarming. Uh, the heartwarming stuff has always been in the background of a lot of his things too. Yeah. It could be, he's like in a different place in his life now. So, you know, in his earlier career, he was reflecting how he was feeling then. And maybe, he feels different now, and we see that in his in his movies. Mm-hmm. I don't think anybody captures the misfit and anybody better than he does, actually. So, yeah, it feels like that's how he feels. You know, his place in Hollywood is kind of like that. You know, mm-hmm. a little bit less now because he's become such a stylized. You know, he's Tim Burton. You can refer to something as Tim Burton esque now, but. Back when he started, I mean, he was really just so different and like mm-hmm. the gothic nature of it, the outsider angle like that. That doesn't reflect the rest of Hollywood. Um, and whenever he would explore that, that those were usually my favorite projects. And that's definitely a good choice. Um, Melissa, what about you? This one, yeah, was a really, a, a really hard choice. Because <laughs> I really, you know, there there hasn't been a Tim Burton film that I've seen that I haven't liked, or you know, um, so really, like I I I want to say like all the things, <laughs> but I think for me, my my favorite would have to be like Edward Scissorhands, because it's just so you know when I watched it recently, and I hadn't watched it in like oh years. <laughs> Um, I love the, the, like the contrast between like Edward being very much the misfit, the different person. And then you've got, you know, the like cookie cutter society where it's like houses are all the same. They might be a different color, but that's about it. And you've got everybody who's just whatever. And then they're all like, well, who's this guy when he 
you know, when he comes to town, essentially. And, uh, yeah, I just, um, I think that's that's one of my favorites. And I think, too, if I, I'm going to have to say another one, because, like, Nightmare Before Christmas, another one. Like, that's there's always these little, every time I watch it, there's always some little detail that I've missed and I'm noticing for the first time. And I love that. It seems like every time there's something else that I'm like, oh, like I've watched this like 20 times over and then finally seeing this for the first time. And it's just, yeah, so good. So, yeah. <laughs> you guys are crazy. The obvious answer is Planet of the Apes. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Nah. <laughs> yeah, can't agree. Of course, of course, I, of course, I kid. Um, Play of the Apes isn't bad. I actually don't get why people don't like it. I actually kind of enjoyed it, but um, uh, I my answer probably seems like the easy one. It's even though he only he didn't direct it. It's the Nightmare Before Christmas, just because I the nostalgia that it has in my heart. I just love that movie so much. And in, I can quote it line for line. That movie has changed. Like, its place in society, I feel like, has changed in pop culture. Like, when it first came out, it was sort of like, I know it did well, but it was like, I felt like it was more niche. Like, you know, oh, I liked that. I really enjoyed it. And now it's like, if it's Halloween or Christmas, that stuff is everywhere. Like, Disney markets the crap out of that. And, like, I don't yeah. remember that at all growing up like i don't remember all this merge or any of that stuff that that is like a recent thing well yeah i, I think when we talked mostly like within like the last 10 years at least it's really exploded yeah yeah it really has like you i i don't remember seeing very much like even when the you know like when i was first getting introduced to it which um obviously wasn't when it came out but <laughs> but there wasn't much stuff out there. And now, yeah, within like, yeah, at least the last 10 years, there's been just an explosion of like Nightmare Before Christmas stuff, which I think is kind of cool. And, and I do like that you're starting to see like these other characters as well come mm-hmm. in to have stuff. Cause it's not just about, you know, Jack and Sally, which it is, but there's other characters too that you like and enjoy. And, you know, I'm sure there are people that, you know, they, they like the certain character that maybe is more in the background than at the front, you know. So it's really kind of cool to see that, too. Yeah, I think when yeah. it came out, it was considered weird. I mean, it was, like, yeah. very different. And I and I do remember when it came out and that, um, you know, not everybody, it didn't, it didn't gel with everybody. And so I think, I don't think back then, you know, the marketing for it would have been so much in the forefront. But as people have become... I think a little more open-minded to that style that Tim Burton has. I think it's like, oh yeah, this is like, I mean, it's almost like, you know, Mickey Mouse or something. It's like, oh no, this is just a thing that we all like now. And so mm-hmm. it's for sale everywhere, but it, it wasn't, It you know, it's interesting to think about him as a director and as an artist that everyone wasn't always so, you know, open to his style. And mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, I, I, I think that's a great choice. I, I really loved that movie, especially as a kid. I had such an interest in animation and, um, I thought it was so cool that it was stop motion because that, you know, had really gone away and, and to give it all that attention and detail and, you know, just 
mastery, just showing what you can do with that medium, I thought was very, very cool. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, very much so. And it's it, you think it's funny how quick Disney was to kick Tim Burton out the door after yep. he made the first Frankenweenie short. And he goes <laughs> and ma- then he goes and makes this and like, oh, hey, buddy, come on back. And yeah, they probably got money they haven't counted yet from Nightmare Before Christmas. I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I feel like uh, Hocus Pocus is in that little bit too That realm because it came out the same year And it's yeah. like over the last 10 years Hocus Pocus has just exploded In popularity too For sure and I think that came out like in the summer Or something it didn't come out Around Halloween And that really uh, hurt I, it Yeah I saw it in the summer I remember going to, uh, back when my town My small Iowa town had a local theater Instead of a, uh, instead of a multiplex seeing it downtown that little movie theater seeing it there in the middle of summer like june or july or something like that that, did that feel weird seeing like a halloween movie in like july or something (laughs) (laughs) i was eight what do i know (laughs) you're like i was entertained that's what matters yeah yeah Now I look back at everything Sarah Jessica Parker's and I think of that line from Ed Wood. Do I really have a face like a horse? <laughs> oh, I know. They were so ugly to her for so long about that. Yeah. And I probably saw that joke on, uh, I think on Family Guy, they said she had a face that looks like a foot or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, I, think I, I like Sarah Jessica Parker. <laughs> Isn't that nice? <laughs> I know. I just think, especially back then, like Hollywood beauty had such a narrow window, you know, and she definitely kind of stood out a little bit. She was funny and indifferent. Would you say she was a square peg in a round hole? Yep. <laughs> nerd, ref- nerd reference. There you go. <laughs> All right. Oh, that was bad. <laughs> <laughs> I'm reaching Tim Rooney levels now. <laughs> Getting all those puns in. Yeah. Uh, next question is, uh, in your opinion, Lisa, what is his most underrated piece of work? Well, we've already talked about it, and I think it's Ed Wood. I think Ed Wood is about him. It's about, I mean, it's about Ed Wood, but it's also about Tim Burton. And that movie gets more sentimental and more emotional to me every time I see it, especially being a big movie fan and I just love the idea of like I don't know he he really romanticized that story obviously it's not it doesn't really reflect the real Ed Wood but it's the sort of like Hollywood version of like loving the past and loving movies so much you're compelled to do it even if you can't mm-hmm. um I think the 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 latest movie that sort of tackled that idea is like the disaster artist but I like that this happens in like the Hollywood golden age and how incredibly outsider Ed Wood is being, you know, he cross dresses and his little band of misfits and has beens like just everything about it. I just adore it so much. It, I agree. I think that's usually that's the movie that most people say when they say talk about underrated Tim Burton films. Um, it is a very good one, and I do agree with you. It gets um, 
what gets me every time is seeing, I don't know how accurate it is, but uh, Martin Landau's portrayal of uh, Bela Lugosi makes me so sad every time I see it because I love those Universal movies so much, those old monster yes. movies. And to see the kind of state that Bela Lugosi was in in his later years, if if how much of it is historically accurate portrayed in the movie, breaks my heart every time I watch it. Yeah, and I think it's a little like recognizing that that genre itself was dying and how that's sad to witness too. It's like sort of, you know, he's like the embodiment of that, of like that is kind of going away and and how much Ed Wood loved that and how they, you know, he's a fan and it turns into like a true friendship. Uh, yeah, it's just very moving. That's That's a really good, that's a really good point. And then a lot of people say it's like a, a mere portrayal of how Tim was with Vincent Price, too. Yeah, yeah, I could definitely see that. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it, I wish, well, we'll get to that later. <laughs> I don't want to say too much. I, I feel like I'm going ahead, but I agree with you. Spoilers. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Melissa, what about you? I think um, my choice for like an underrated film was the film Frankenweenie. I really, Aww. I feel like, yeah, I, I really love the movie. I think it's really cute. And it's just kind of like that exploring the, you know, relationship between like a boy and his dog and just how much he loved the dog and that he was able to, you know, figure out how to bring his dog, you know, back to life and, and then have a like kind of, continue the the relationship with his dog and i think it's just such a sweet film and it seems to kind of get a bit of flack for some reason i don't know it maybe i don't know but um i feel like it's kind of underrated and not really mentioned all that much so yeah <laughs> uh, you talk about the you talk about the film or the uh, short that he made back in the 80s the film okay yeah i haven't seen the the short but um yeah the film yeah, I, I just finished rewatching the film the other day, and I forgot how. And I actually just rewatched the short before we started recording, and I forgot how similar the short and the movie actually are. It's just that the movie's more drawn out. Mm. Yeah, that is a that is a good one. That's one I hadn't seen in a while either before rewatching, and it 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 is a very uh, it's a very touching story and. For some reason, it kind of it kind of hit me the way that Tim Burton's Dumbo does too, where I, you start to feel bad for Sparky towards the end of the movie, and how people are treating him like a, like a monster. Mm-hmm. It's very much another. It's pretty much like another rendition of Tim Burton doing Frankenstein, like much like he did with Edward Scissorhands. It's like him retelling Frankenstein again, but in his mm-hmm. way. Yeah, but, um, I can definitely yeah. see that. Mm-hmm. That is a good one. It is one that does seem. I didn't really think of it as underrated, but because um, it is usually when you ask people about, it, they usually have love for it, which it is. It's a good choice. It it does get lost in the shuffle, like a lot of his films seem to do. Yeah, I think that one kind of the most. Like it, you know, maybe I'm in a little bubble, but <laughs> it just doesn't seem to feel like I I don't hear a lot about it often, and it's always like you know, your Beetlejuice, your Nightmare Before Christmas, Corpse Bride, all those films, they kind of get top spot. And then that one sort of gets kind of kicked under the carpet a little bit, I think. I think you're right. I think, I think, yeah, you know, pe- people do often say Beetlejuice, the the ones that are the most popular, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Beetlejuice, Batman, Nightmare Before Christmas. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. Oh, this is a great conversation because I all, I have a third different choice and it's not oh, playing games. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I went with another one of his more recent films, and that's Miss Peregrine's Home for Peculiar Children. Oh, okay, yeah, that's a good one. That that yeah, that's really I. I just like I saw it for the first time just last year, and it was on my list of things to get a uh, film. All okay, I'll watch it eventually. I'll watch it eventually, and I just bought it sight unseen because I'm a Tim Burton person. I popped in, I just loved it, and I saw way past my crush on Eva Green to really sit there and enjoy <laughs> this film. <laughs> like, it is, it is I'm not familiar with the books at all either, but. And it's, it goes back to what Tim knows best and it's taking these kids that are misfits or different or in their mo- the movie term peculiar and just making a brilliant piece of work out of it. And it's most and I have made the joke about, uh, are you, do you listen to Pat and Oswald at all, Lisa? Um, I've seen some of his stand up, but I don't listen to him like consistently. <laughs> well, well, <laughs> there was a joke. Could, I'm not I in on. I can see all our left. <laughs> yeah, Melissa is laughing pretty hard now. And um, Pat Oswald tells this joke about how, if we ever get a female president, like how all of our favorite movies are edited by women. Mm-hmm. And um, you get all these directors like Spielberg and all this stuff. And like, oh, fuck, every frame is a painting like this. And we, so we essentially considered. Um, Tim Burton is an artist and like everything he does is a painting. Like every frame mm-hmm. he shoots is a painting. Very much. I so, think yeah. it's, I, I see that. I, I see a lot of that in Mrs. Peregrine too. It, it, it takes a lot of the feel good stuff he's been doing lately and still has mm-hmm. that touch of Tim Burton in it. So it's almost like, a, it's a lot like Edward Scissorhands almost, but all now he's had more time to perfect his craft. Right. To bring like I a, agree. Like a more of a bigger masterpiece. Mm-hmm. It's and it's like like Frank and Weenie and like Ed Wood. It, they really are Burton films you don't hear a lot about anymore. Yeah. He's just known for he's known for a, a few big ones, but that's it. Yeah, that one I I haven't actually seen. I do want to see it because I think it looks really good. Um, but it's just you know on my ever growing list of movies to watch. <laughs> for sure, I totally understand that. <laughs> yeah. It, it, it might it might be a little spoilery for me too for a future question here, but uh, uh, Samuel Jackson, it's one of his most underrated ones too. Like I really loved him in this and uh, on the movie I heard on Lisa's podcast called Kingsman. Uh, oh yeah, right? those two yeah. between Mrs. Peregrine and Kingsman, I think are two of Samuel Jackson's uh, most underrated performances. I can get behind so, that. Yeah, and he's just had it's just roles like yeah, everybody loves him dropping motherfucker all the time, and <laughs> but it, but these are these are roles like like he's just having fun. Yeah, he gets to stretch his acting fun. legs. Yeah, for sure. But, uh, that might that might come up again later on in the discussion. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, is there a project of Tim's that gets better every time you see it, Lisa? Tough question. I think there are a lot of them. Um, I never really get tired of watching probably three three of his movies are the ones I come back to the most. So that would be Ed Wood, again. Um, 
and Beetlejuice and Edward Scissorhands. I think those three movies, those are the ones I watch a lot. And there's just a lot of stuff going on in it. And I think I, I go back to those movies because they're comedies too. And he is so funny. Like, I think that that's something also that's kind of gotten lost along the way is like how funny he can be. Um, and yeah, those, I, I don't know. They, they get better every time I see him. Those are good ones. What about you, Melissa? Um, definitely. Like my first actually thought was uh, Batman Returns. That one just seems to get better every time I, I watch it. Like it's just I, I really love it so much. And then also, um, like Nightmare Before Christmas and and Beetlejuice. Um, I think are the the three that I kind of go back to a lot. Uh, with his films and and they're just. Yeah, like I like I kind of mentioned before, like those little details and things that I'm seeing like for the first time, and it just it, yeah, those those ones are are the good ones that just keep getting better every time. <laughs> uh, is it uh, do you go back to Batman Returns so much because of some of the flack it caught back when it came out in '92? Because that one caught a lot of flack for how guess, dark it was. I guess so. Yeah, like it's it's not. It's not your kind of usual sort of bright, happy-go-lucky superhero film, and it's that little bit darker, and I and I really enjoy that. Um, and there, it just really like sort of the the world that that was created is so much Tim Burton, like it just kind of oozes Tim Burton. <laughs> like for sure, you, you you know, like I know it was directed by him, but like you know, you go, you flick through channels or something and it's like, oh, that's like, you know, it's a Tim Burton film just based on the environment and, and everything like that. And, and just, you know, the characters are so good and, and the performances and yeah, it just, it gets better. And, and I don't see how it caught so much flack, but you know, cause I really like that. And I like the darker stories and sort of the more meaningful kind of stories when it comes to that stuff. So yeah, I really enjoy it. Gotham city is a very fitting town for Tim Burton to be Tim Burton. in. I agree. And I think uh, some of the flack I remember was the fact that, I mean, it's not, not in a city. Like you can very much, especially younger audiences today can see how, especially in the second one, that it's all like a soundstage that it almost looks like Gotham almost looks like a play, you know, like you can tell they're not going very far, that they're just changing out backgrounds. And that used to be something. <clears throat> and I think continues to be something that people are like, I hate it. I can tell they're just like in one room and like they're changing, but it's like, it's an aesthetic choice. Like it's not an accident. And I think yeah. sometimes people like associate that like, Oh, that's like an old movie thing, which it kind of is. But I think that Tim Burton was aware of that and was doing it purposefully and he wanted complete control over, you know, the landscape and the background and, and what his Gotham looked like. And I, I very much respect that. I like that you chose that one because in, in all my discussions, as big of a Batman fan I am, I keep forgetting to mention Batman and Batman Returns. So thank you for doing that for me. <laughs> oh, you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's it's such a good it's such a good film and yeah. I I actually watched it like fairly recently, so um yeah, it's really good. 
I'm saving it for Christmas because I watch it every Christmas for my cheerathon yes. on the Real Fans page. <laughs> <laughs> Between that and Gremlins. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> uh for me tim burton project i picked it gets better every time i see it and that's ed wood um yeah it's a good one i was doing my re- i was doing my rewatch of it the other night and i just started there's a couple things like i i don't know if i just wasn't paying attention the first handful of times i've seen it but there's some things i finally caught on to like Melissa said about you, you, you catch more things, the more you watch. Like when I watched Ghostbusters in the theater for the first time a couple of weeks ago, I've seen Ghostbusters a million times, but when you see it on the big screen, you're paying attention to that, not your phone. There's so many things yeah. that you pick up on, mm. but doing that with doing that with Ed Wood, there was like the cameraman being colorblind. I don't know why I missed that the first time. <laughs> I thought that was just so funny. And the part that made me laugh the most is when they're in the church getting baptized. Yes. And Bill, and Bill Murray, Bill Murray says to the doc, Dr. Tim, he goes, let me hear you call Carl off a cocksucker. And I just <laughs> busted out laughing. It's so good. It's just such a tight script. I mean, I think it's probably the funniest movie that, that movie and uh, Pee Wee's big adventure are like the funniest ones, like just straight oh, yeah. up. Um, and I, I like that he did both. Like, it's his style, but it's also funny. Like, I don't know. There's just something I, I love about marrying those two things. And uh, you, don't get, you don't get to see a whole lot of Tim Burton and Pee Wee, I think. But, um, yeah. like, you do in the, like, the dream sequences, you can tell those are, like, definitely Tim Burton. Oh, yeah. Um, tell them Large Marge sent you. That's yeah. a great moment. <laughs> Very Tim Burton. But, uh, yeah, Ed, for some reason, Ed Wood just got better every time I've seen it. Amongst all the projects of his, I've seen millions and millions of times over. You, just some of that quirky humor. Mm-hmm. It's very, very like much like Kids in the Hall or Monty Python. Just that it can be dry sometimes. It can be quirky. Uh, or even in Edward Scissorhands at the cookout when uh, all the women are feeding him the food and he's trying to say shish kebab with a mouthful of food. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Stuff like that gets me every time too. <laughs> yeah. One thing I did notice about Pee Wee's Big Adventure that I noticed for the first time, or I probably noticed it before, but never say anything, is as many people are in that little town square at the beginning of the movie. How come there are no witnesses of uh, Pee Wee's bike getting stolen? Oh, good point. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's just. Who knows? There wouldn't be a movie without that. <laughs> yes. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, in, in in most films, it's like, oh, everybody suddenly turns a blind eye. Like, oh, I don't see anything. I wasn't even right. born. You know? <laughs> it's usually Francis showed up and said, hey, everybody, look over there. Right. <laughs> <laughs> While we're talking about Pee Wee's Big Adventure, um, next question is, does Tim work better with adaptations or with original content? So does he work better with intellectual properties like Pee Wee Herman or Mars Attacks or Mrs. Peregrine or Alice in Wonderland or Dumbo? Or does he work better with original stuff like Beetlejuice and Nightmare and um, what else am I thinking of? Uh, Edward Scissorhands. Does he work better with original stuff like that or... Or Frankenweenie, even Lisa. 
I think it depends on how much creative freedom he gets. Um, because I think, you know, I almost said his original stuff because I'm thinking Beetlejuice, I'm thinking Edward Scissorhands. And, but then, you know, you mentioned Pee Wee and, and there's a couple other projects that, you know, are great too. I think I like his original stuff more, but I do think like if you give him the freedom to tell his story, then he can do both pretty well. But yeah, if I had to pick one, I guess I would say his original stuff is always going to be my favorite. It is. It's definitely a Sophie's choice for an answer for this one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Most what about you? Um, yeah, I think I think it's a little bit of both, but I really like his his original stuff. I think because he gets that creative freedom. Like he's created the story, the characters, and then he's directing it and he's bringing it to life. And I think when he has that full-on creative freedom, he just really shines. Um, but I also think too, like it was sort of pointed out like how much creative freedom he has with other things that he didn't create, but he's directing. Um, I think he, he does well with it as as well. And you kind of know, like he, you know, somebody else created it, but he's directing it and he's bringing it to life, but he still manages to throw in that sort of Tim Burton style in there. Like you just, you know, um, so he, um, words (laughs) words <laughs> but <laughs> um but you just you know like he he there's a little bit of tim burton in each kind of film and even if it's not his own original thing and i think he does well with both honestly but i am a little bit more leaning on the side of original stuff just because of his own creativity and imagination that he gets to have freedom with uh, I have to agree with with both of you too. I think it's the original stuff. Like he he knocks a lot of intellectual properties out of the park. But I think, like you guys said, it all depends on how much creative freedom he gets to make it his own. But at the same time, I also think it's also, I think the content has to be something that he can. That it seems like within his realm. Mm-hmm. Like for example, yeah. for example, you look at like the Disney adaptations he's done with Alice in Wonderland and Dumbo. Those are two films that are very much Tim Burton. Um, oh yeah, because you, you don't really see Tim Burton remaking a princess story at right. all, do you? Or like Superman, but he can do Batman. Yeah, it's like if it fits his wheelhouse, his aesthetic. I think you have a better chance and you can tell when you watch the movies if he's really in love with the source material or not like i think Mm -hmm. even though batman 1989 was received really well you know he made that movie more about joker and you could tell that was a story he wanted to tell and then in the second one he wouldn't come back unless he had more creative freedom which made his movie more controversial but both still hits and uh yeah it's like if he can still be tim burton then yeah he'll it'll be a good movie i think Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's I have read a comment on IMDb. Take it with a grain of salt. That, for example, Planet of the Apes. Um, he said he would rather jump out a window than direct a <laughs> sequel to Planet of the Apes. Yeah. Oh my goodness! <laughs> I, I mean, it was not well received. <laughs> it, it wasn't at all. And I actually, I actually kind of, I really like Rick Baker's uh, creature effects for that. The makeup he did for all those. Oh yeah, uh, the makeup's great. Now the second. 
I was actually talking to my father about it too uh, before we started recording. Like my dad also, like me, is not a huge fan of the franchise, but uh, I go, they they act more after watching it for the first time. The the actors in the film act more like apes than just people in in cotton makeup. They actually, you want look at Paul Giamatti as uh, what was this character's name? Limbo, the orangutan. He's moving like an orangutan. Or Tim Ross, chimpanzee kicker, is holding a gun like you'd expect a chimpanzee to act holding a gun. Like mm-hmm. that aesthetic. So, so maybe he wasn't allowed to be himself with that kind of uh, with that kind of material. So, you, so you're more than likely probably see Tim Burton doing like another Dumbo or something like that. He can do his own thing with, as opposed to like doing the a Peanuts movie or a Dr. Right. Seuss or Dr. <laughs> Seuss or something like that. So where yeah. he can put his own spin on it so it fits his wheelhouse yeah i totally agree i wasn't a huge fan of that planet of the apes movie but that could be because i do like the source material a lot and i did you know but i agree with you about the apes the way that they move and the way that they looked you know the way the movie looked was great so there was i had zero problems with that so and the cast you know was awesome too so yeah oh yeah and it had a lot of his stable in it too which mm-hmm. was pretty nice. That we'll get to that later on here. But while we're sort on the subject, if if Tim were to return to the superhero franchise, what would you guys like to see him tackle? So, man, uh, I would like to see something like maybe Justice League Dark. Ooh. Um, you know, but again, they would have to be okay with like it's gonna be like batman you know <laughs> like but you know it's dark so that's okay so i think something like that or maybe even you know something that's back to the sort of like claymation aesthetic but superheroes would be kind of interesting so yeah i'm gonna go with that those that that answer oh you stole one you stole one from me oh no <laughs> great nerdy minds think alike there you go <laughs> <laughs> What about you, Mel? Um, my first thought was um, he should. It would be really kind of neat to for him to do a Joker story. Yeah, like, like just go all in on Joker. Yeah, that, that would be great. That would be really cool. I, I think he could like do a really amazing job with the character of Joker and whatever that story might be. I don't know, but he should do something like that if he were to come back to the superheroes and all that kind of thing where he's not really a superhero but he's just his character that's a complicated person and he yeah tim burton could just create a whole world that would be really cool i mean it would be kind of like beetlejuice right like yeah Beetlejuice is a bad guy like i don't know it could yeah. be kind of something like that where it's fun and zany like the more fun side of joker too yeah, yeah. i'm into this mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> i like that <laughs> <laughs> well, with the three Joker storyline coming out now, he could do there the three go. Jokers movie and yeah. get more bang for your buck. You can give us three different interpretations of the Joker. I'd I'd sign up for that for sure. <laughs> yep. <laughs> That's good. Uh, I actually thought of a couple. Um, well, Lisa stole one for me. Justice League Dark <laughs> is one I just thought of before we started recording, but. Um, <laughs> Being the well, being the big DC fan I am, I thought of uh, I thought of two Marvel movies. Actually, I thought he'd be good for like a Doctor Strange movie, or yes, I would, or love that. even 
or even a uh, what am I thinking of? Uh, Howard the Duck, but if they want more of the Steve Ditko route from like the seventies, mm-hmm. they tackled some some of that weird stuff. I think he'd do a good Howard the Duck movie. And uh, the other one I thought of was Doom Doom Patrol. I think he could do a good Doom Patrol movie for DC. Yes, yes, those are all yes. solid. Doom Patrol. Wow. Yeah, definitely. Yes. <laughs> I had not even thought of that. Yeah, that was actually a thought of mine, and then I didn't. I forgot to write it down or whatever. So like, I looked at the comic book too. I'm like, mm-hmm. he could. Oh, that would be awesome. Who, who do well, we need also... to like talk to to make this happen? Yeah, we need to pitch this idea. Let's all three. We'll go in for our movie pitch. Well, we can do it over Zoom or something. <laughs> That'd be good. Get Grant Morrison to help write it, or oh. Gerard Way. No, Grant Morrison. Well, I think a lot of the shows based off Gerard Way's run of it too. Yeah, but there's there's a little bit of. Uh, I think I think it's a I think it's a balance of Grant Morrison and Gerard Way's uh, runs of uh, Doom Patrol. But I think like Grant Morrison to write it and like Tim Burton to direct it. Holy crap, that would be awesome. <laughs> that really needs gotta, to be a thing. <laughs> we got to pitch. We got we got to pitch a robot man first to him. Yeah. <laughs> But I'd also love to see the stuff that he was supposed to do. I would, I'd love to see his his supposed third Batman movie he was going to do, cause, mostly because he wanted Brad Dorff as a scarecrow. Mm. And I would have I loved to have seen that. And I, I would have loved to have seen his Superman movie he was supposed to do with Nicolas Cage. Oh, yeah. Man, that was, that was a thing that almost happened. Yeah. Thanks mm. to the box office success it was batman and robin we didn't get to see it (laughs) that sucks (laughs) (laughs) i think i've told melissa before i have this theory that one flew over the cuckoo's nest must have been one of tim burton's favorite movies because of how many people from that film he cast to be in the first two bat to be in the first two yeah because he cast jack nicholson danny devito and vincent schiavelli to be in the first two Batman films, and if he would have cast, uh, if he would have cast uh, Brad Dorff to be Scarecrow, that'd be four characters in that movie. In like '90s, Brad Dorff would have been a good Scarecrow. Hmm. But moving on, I'm going to move on to Melissa's favorite question on here. Is uh. What film would you like to see? Would you like to see Tim remake any film? And uh, the reason why I say this is because uh, back in our anniversary episode talking about Killer Clowns from Outer Space, uh, we talked about which director do you think would make a good remake um, for Killer Clowns from Outer Space, and we pitched two Tims, Tim Rooney and Tim Burton. And when when I, when I sent the list to Melissa, I told her she could not say Killer Clowns from Outer Space as her movie, so. <laughs> <laughs> That's cheating, Melissa. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> well, we said Tim Burton would be able to do a good Killer Clowns from Outer Space remake, and and we said Tim Rooney too because he has such a love for that movie. Aww. yeah, I could definitely see that. <laughs> but uh, is there is there any film or two that you'd like to see Tim remake, um, Lisa? Uh, this is a t- this is a tough one. I think um, I love your answer. That's inspired. I really like that. 
Um, I think he should make some like old horror classics. Like, you know, I could see him doing something like, uh, oh man, what if he did, uh, what is that? The name of that Stephen King movie. That's really, oh, maximum overdrive. That would be a good one. (laughs) I love to see what his green goblin looks like. I know it would be so bizarre. I just, I don't know. I want to see him do something like that. That'd be cool. That would be very cool. Well, as long as it doesn't do cocaine like Stephen King did when he directed it, it would be good. Yeah, (laughs) just keep it under control. (laughs) (laughs) That's This is the bar, Tim. (laughs) Yeah, it's low, so you can do this. (laughs) What about you, Melissa? Um, This one was kind of a actually not too hard of a of a choice to make um i picked two um i would really like to see him remake um darren shan's uh cirque du freak it it was a uh, kind of a it was a young adult book series for those who don't know um that i really loved uh reading it was so good and it was kind of a different take of like a boy becoming a vampire and sort of his adventures and all that kind of stuff. And it was just a really good series. And they had actually made a movie of it and they really (laughs) dropped the ball on it. (laughs) They, they really tried to do like what Lemony Snicket did when they, like the, they molded a whole bunch of books into one movie. And so they, they did like the first two books and it just, no, <laughs> it, it, to me, it wasn't cast right. It just, it really just, like, they, they didn't really follow much of the story. It just really fell flat. So I think Tim Burton needs to come in and make this, and he would make it properly, I think. And it's such a kooky world, too, that it would definitely be up his alley. So yeah, I, I think. I like that. Yeah. I, I think it would be. It'd be really, really good. Um, and then I also thought about um, Little Shop of Horrors. And but oh my gosh, I wish I had thought of that. <laughs> That's such <laughs> a like, good one. Yeah, but like stop motion animation, like Nightmare Before Christmas. Yes. Uh huh. <laughs> Done. Sold. Yeah. <laughs> Where can I like shut up and take my shut up and take my money? Yeah. <laughs> oh, do you do it more like the original or do you have him do the musical see I don't know I I think maybe more along the lines of the original but the musical would also be kind of cool if he did his own sort of rendition of it um, but yeah just to see his style in that story would just be really interesting I'd love to see what he would do with it Now I'm going to go to bed angry because I won't be able to see that now. <laughs> Much like seeing Brad Dorf as the Scarecrow, that's something I'll never be able to see. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're all collectively sad. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Support group. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So movie studios, if you're listening, which we know you are, you have to be one of our 12 listeners out there. <laughs> Call Tim Burton. 
and throw, hey, here's here's a little shop of horrors. Make it happen. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's about overdue. That let's see, the remake, the, the musical came out in, what '86, so that's it's about overdue in Hollywood years for a remake or a reboot. Right? There's like a yeah. good layer of good layer of dust on it now. <laughs> I kind of thought that they were remaking it, but I I might be wrong. Maybe I'm thinking of Honey I, I Shrunk the Kids. No, I I think I did hear some about. Uh, wasn't Chris? Was it Chris Hemsworth? Hmm. No, somebody else. I, I thought they were working on a. I thought they were working working on a remake of Little Shop of Horrors. Hmm. It's gonna drive me. It's gonna drive me nuts now. Yeah, but there's yeah. so many, you know, like things that they're working on. Not all of them come to fruition, so it could have been yeah. something like that too. Maybe. A lot of that stuff kind of goes around where it's like, oh, they're doing this. Oh, no, they're not really. That was just. <laughs> <laughs> or 10 years later, here it is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was a thing? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like how New Mutants has been sitting on the shelf for like three years. I know. It's out now, finally. But <laughs> I want to see that still. I might give it a watch. It'd be an excuse to get out and go back to the theater again. There you go. Uh, I picked a couple of random movies too. I picked uh, the first one I picked was the uh, most random movie I could think of. It was the Garbage Pail Kids. <laughs> yes, <laughs> man, what nightmare it's, fuel that would be. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's not. A, I I own it just for freaking nostalgia alone and just guilty pleasure viewing. I guess is is it an Oscar winner by any means? No, but uh. It's like a, a classic misfit story that Tim could tell in his own Tim Burton way, and it would be amazing. And I'd watch every second of it. And the other one I picked, I just thought of today, actually, that was the Monster Squad. Oh, that yes. would be good. That would be very good. You should do that. I, I want to see Tim Burton's portrayal of the Universal Monsters because I have such love for that franchise. And we've seen his take on Frankenstein in two different iterations with Frank and Weenie and uh, Edward Scissorhands, so I'd like to see how he would tackle the rest of Universal Monsters. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, us in this younger generation needs to see that. Needs to see the Monster Squad. This is very true. Yeah, that's kind of mandatory viewing. <laughs> as, long, as long as he as long as he keeps Dracula calling the little girl a bitch in the movie. <laughs> that part is hilarious. <laughs> like watching it for the watch that for the first time, like, oh my god. Like that really happened? Did that did I hallucinate that? Yeah, it's pretty nuts. <laughs> Things you could get away with in nineteen eighty seven. Oh, Dracula real. calling a little girl a bitch. <laughs> 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 well, there's like a huge thunderstorm so if you can hear it I apologize it just came out of nowhere it sets the mood yeah it's you know it's aesthetic so we need it <laughs> well people are just happy they don't hear my chair re- creaking in the background now because we had like five episodes in a row you could just hear my chair creaking in the background and it got bad <laughs> so <laughs> alright so we're in the home stretch here for questions, guys. So I got okay. like three left. They're, they're all essentially the same. Um, first one is, is there someone living or dead that he, Tim hasn't worked with that you'd like to see him work with? 
Lisa? Hmm, living or dead? Well, you know, he already did, but one of my answers that I was kind of alluding to earlier is I wish he could have gotten more time with Vincent Price. Um, I, I agree with that one. And uh, living, has he worked with? I, I feel like this is going to sound dumb. He probably already has, but like Jim Carrey, I guess. Have they worked together? I don't know. Did Tim have any part in the Batman Forever? Because I'd be the did he produce yeah, or, Batman or, Forever? You know, like when I think of the Grinch, even though that's not Tim Burton, it, it just feels Tim Burton-y, I guess. But yeah, like he's an actor that I think he could gel with. And I think it's surprising they haven't worked together. Yeah, yeah depending on the project, as long as he as long as he kept him reined in, I bet he'd be oh, something yeah. good with it. <laughs> <laughs> Jim Carrey's one of those guys. You have to like, like keep the reins on him a little bit, or else we're gonna we get Batman Forever out of it. Right. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> it's it's not all Jim. It's mostly Tommy Lee Jones. But <laughs> yeah, they're both just hamming it up that whole movie. So yeah, for sure. All the Arnold Schwarzenegger knew with Thurman said, "Hold my beer." Right. <laughs> you thought they were over the top. <laughs> <laughs> Jim Carrey would be good. Uh, out loud, I, I don't think he's worked with Jim Carrey directly, so that'd be good. Mm-hmm. What about you, Melissa? Um, he and I, yeah, I definitely know he hasn't worked with him. Uh, it's actually a local actor from here in Thunder Bay, um, Kevin Durand, and he's been in. He was in Ridley Scott's uh, Robin Hood. He played Little John. And he was also in the recent uh, DC Swamp Thing. Oh, okay. Cool. I like that. Uh, and, like, Kevin, he kind of plays these sort of... He, he plays villains, but he also plays, like, sort of good-natured characters. Um, and he can also play kind of kooky, weird characters. So I think him and, and Tim Burton would get along very well. Because um, he's got quite a range of of different characters that he's played, and uh, so yeah, I'd like to see Kevin uh, Kevin Durand work with him. That'd be kind of cool. Good. Uh, like I said, for when it comes to actors who have passed on, Vincent Price is like the slam dunk. That's the easy one because mm-hmm. uh, we got we only got him in a few minutes of uh, Edward Scissorhands, I and mean, he then he yeah. narrated the Vincent short that he did. He he was supposed to be Santa Claus in Nightmare Before Christmas. If you believe what you read on IMDb trivia, it is. <laughs> I mean, it sounds like to, it would work. I yeah. Have, yeah. But he was so sick at that time, too. And you could yeah. see it in you know, Scissor Hands. He was towards the end of his days there. And, uh, this is his last movie, right? I think it's the last film he was ever in. I, I believe I, I believe so. Um. Uh, I had a random thought. I think it might be inspired by your episode of Clue that you did on your podcast, but I thought Madeline Kahn would be a good actress who's passed on that would be good Ooh, to work with. Ooh, yes. I love that. Yeah, she's very Kathleen O'Hara-esque for sure. There's yeah. some crossover there, and and she was great in Beetlejuice. So, yeah, I could see that. Yeah, I love that answer. Yeah. And then another one I thought of, and 
two of them I thought of again, another clue one is uh, Tim Curry and then Alan Tudyk. I thought would be some good ones for him to work with that he hasn't worked with yet. Wow. He, I mean, he should just make Alan Tudyk be like the star of his next movie. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Very Tim Burton. Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, the same thing with Alan, uh, Tim Curry. How those two? How have these two been to, alive this long and neither one of them worked together yet? Yeah. How did Tim Burton not remake it? You know, <laughs> like. I could definitely uh, oh, see a man. Tim Burton version of it. Like mm. Bill, the Muschietti's did a creepy version of Pennywise with Bill Skarsgård. Like, you imagine what Tim Burton would do with Pennywise? Yeah, especially mm. some of the night, like especially with some of the sequences where he's trying to frighten the kids and stuff. Ooh. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the creep factor would be turned up to an eleven at that point. For sure. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> That's the last second earlier today. I'm like, you know what? Tim would be a nightmare. That would be good too. Mm-hmm. If he were to tackle a horror franchise at all. Yeah. Mm. yeah but I don't know if a Clue episode or not, but I like, well, I liked her in Clue and Blazing Saddles and Young Frankenstein. And she's got the, the comic chops to do it and that she can get weird with it. And and Tim brings, and we've talked to numerous episodes that Tim just brings out these great performances and whoever he works with, too. Man, Young Frankenstein yeah. would be a good one, actually. Like, a good movie yeah. for him to remake, going back to your earlier questions. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that. That'd be kind of interesting. Just, we just got to find another Gene Wilder. That would be hard. That would be. Alan, Alan Tudyk. Yeah, yeah, you're not wrong. Okay. Alan Tudyk could be a Frankenstein. Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> it's it's hard to, it's hard to replace Gene Wilder. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but uh, but uh, I would I would I could I could see Alan Tudyk being a good uh, young Frankenstein. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, I could, I could see that too. You, I think he would uh, he'd be pretty good. All right. Um, so moving on, um, who from his uh, quote unquote stable of talent would you like to see him work with again that he hasn't worked with in a while? And of course, I did, for those of you listening at home, I did leave out the obvious ones like Johnny Depp, Eva Green, Michael Keaton, Helena Bonham Carter, and Danny DeVito. Mostly Eva Green and Keaton and DeVito because he's worked with them recently on Dumbo and uh, Depp and Helena, he's worked with so much in the past. So is yeah. there anybody from his stable you guys like to see him work with again, Lisa? Um, I would like to see him work with Kathleen O'Hara again. Uh, she was in Beetlejuice, and, you know, you guys have probably seen her most recently on Schitt's Creek. She's having a moment, yeah. and she's big again, and I think I think he should bring her back. That woman is very funny, and yeah. I, I'm way behind on my Schitt's Creek, but uh, I... I sound kind of hipstery, but I was watching it before everybody else started watching it. So, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I remember hearing her talk about that show on uh, Nerdist podcast, and I started watching it then. But yeah, then she's in Frank and Weenie, and she's also in Nightmare Before Christmas too. But uh, she does like half the voices in both those movies too, and I that was one I did think of because she's so damn good. Like. I actually enjoy her work in those probably more than Home Alone or anything else. Oh, yeah. She's just so theatrical. And and when she's with her crew, like um, in movies like Dog Show 
and you know stuff like that where she gets to be like super duper funny and she's herself you know and it's just great anybody else you like to work with best in show is what it's called Uh, best in in show and (laughs) is it a mighty wind or something like that is another one too yeah when i said dog show i was totally like inserting that old snl skit that will ferrell and all them would do where they had a dog show i don't know oh and yeah it's good, but yeah well, <laughs> molly molly shannon and will ferrell yeah. lucky boots yeah <laughs> yeah i got you I, I i picked up what you're putting down there thank thank you <laughs> <laughs> Right around the time Will Ferrell left SNL is the time I quit watching. So I'm in, I'm in your wheelhouse. But uh, anybody else you'd like to see him work with besides Catherine O'Hara? Um, that was the big one for me. Um, I think I don't recall everyone's names well enough to, to pick another one. She's the one that stands out to me the most. Uh, what about you, Melissa? Um... I would now. I don't know how. Well, I don't think he's worked with her in a long time. Anyway, um, Winona Ryder. I think. Oh, you bitch! You stole another one from me. (laughs) (laughs) How dare you? Yeah, I would. I would like. I had backups. (laughs) Yeah, um, she's one that I'd like to see her work with Tim Burton again because you know obviously they can be the juice and that and and uh yeah I'd like to see her again because I, I really liked her like her as an actress I think she's good um so yeah that would be that'd be that's my choice <laughs> I'm glad I picked more than one so I can have an answer now <laughs> <laughs> well since you stole Winona Ryder from me I was going to say Michelle Pfeiffer yeah. Oh, that's a good one. Or, you know, yeah. now that I'm thinking about it, Christopher Walken, you know, would be good. That'd be, that'd be a good one. I was also thinking Jeffrey Jones, but because of all the legal trouble he got in a few years ago, I didn't think he that would work out so well for him because uh, of all the legal trouble that Jeffrey Jones got in about what, 10, 15 years ago. Mm. And then... uh Another one I thought of was uh, Paul Rubens. He hasn't worked with Paul Rubens in a long time either. That's true. Yeah, I, I mean, I think he worked with him in, you know, Pee Wee, and then also in um, in Batman uh, Returns when he was the Penguin's dad. Oh, yeah, I Christmas too. I always yeah. forget that. And I read on MDB he was going to bring him in for Planet of the Apes, I believe it was, and like, I should make a drinking game every time I mention Planet of the Apes in this episode. Yeah, for real. That really stuck with you. <laughs> Drink. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, Paul Rubens is another one I'd like to see him work with. I don't know why I mentioned him but not Jeffrey Jones, but I guess he did work with Paul Rubens after Paul Rubens' legal trouble. Yeah, that did happen. <laughs> yeah. He was not popular for a while. Yeah, well, he did. He did Buffy the Vampire Slayer and Nightmare Before Christmas and Batman Returns all after all after that. But I think, but everything Jeffrey Jones did with Tim, was, I think, was before he got in trouble. Mm. But I always like the bit roles that Jeffrey Jones played in his movies too, like Ed Wood and Beetlejuice. 
And uh, let's do the oh, and uh, Sleepy Hollow. In Sleepy oh, Hollow. yeah. He's more of a background character in Sleepy Hollow than he is in the other films. All right. So, uh, final question is who would you like to see him work with again that isn't considered part of his stable of actors? Lisa? Um, that isn't considered. But yeah. again, that's making sure I understand. So, somebody. So, so kind of like the other question a little bit, just revisiting with them. Yeah, so almost like so what most of his stables considered to be what Johnny Depp, Helena Bonham Carter, uh, Michael Keaton, Danny DeVito. It, uh, would it be would it be easier if I went first to give you a better? Yeah, example? yeah, you, yeah. Let me let me ruminate on it. Okay, so for the examples I picked, I picked uh, Samuel Jackson. Because of his work in Mrs. Peregrine, okay, yeah, and and, uh, and and after rewatching Dark Shadows, I'd say Jack Earl Haley and uh, Chloe Grace Moretz. As a, because I think Chloe Grace Moretz, she's uh, she didn't really sell me at first when I first saw her in the film, but it, she gets better. Uh, her acting has gotten better as she's gotten older a little bit. So I like to see her get another another chance and. And Bill Murray is another one too. I'd like to see him work with again because he only worked with him in Ed Wood, and I think Bill Murray has that kind of sense of humor that he could do justice to Tim's work. So somebody he's worked with before, but they don't you don't see them in a lot of Tim Burton projects. I guess gotcha. That makes sense. So I think he's probably like too old now. I I'm not sure, but Jack Nicholson. I wish he had done more with. I think he was great as Joker and. I don't know. He's just very like big, larger than life kind of style of acting, and so that would have been nice. And then uh, Christopher Walken, uh, I think you know, well, he might have been in two of his movies, but he's—I I wouldn't consider him like part of the stable, I guess. So yeah, yeah, he, yeah, he doesn't show up in every Tim Burton project or every other Tim Burton project, but right. yeah, I, Christopher Walken had a lot that because you don't—he doesn't get to speak much in Sleepy Hollow, and he's. Oh yeah, he is character. in that, isn't he? Mm. Yeah, and then yeah, he's more. Oh yeah, he's not. He's more of a supporting character in Batman Returns. So yeah, and Walken would be good. And the thing with Jack Nicholson, I think isn't he more considered retired now? Yeah, so it would be back when I guess. <laughs> yeah. Um. Okay. So let me think of anyone else. Those are the two that just kind of jumped into my mind. Um. Man, I don't know. You go ahead, Melissa. <laughs> um, my pick for this one, and I, I actually didn't realize until we started talking about her that, oh, she has been in quite a few films, uh, Tim Burton, but I don't really, although I don't still don't really consider her part of the sort of stable, like your Johnny Depp, your Helena Bonham Carter, all that kind of stuff. Um, Catherine O'Hara. As we talked about before. Yeah, see, there's a couple that are kind well, of both in a way, yeah. so it's like yeah. hard to say. Yeah. Well, well, yeah. well, it's almost like his his stable has changed each decade. Because if we would have done this podcast like 20 years ago, back in the 90s, you probably can consider Catherine O'Hara part of his stable because she was in Beetlejuice, Nightmare Before Christmas, and then she was well in 2012. You got her again in Frank and Weenie. Mm-hmm. But oh, yeah, wow. Catherine O'Hara would be a good choice too. He hasn't worked with her in a long time, and. 
maybe if we if we were gone back to like the nineties something like that, then we'd say like definitely like Winona Ryder, Catherine O'Hara would be in his stable of people that he worked with quite a bit. Mm-hmm. That, yeah. That's another good choice too. Yeah, and she's just she's such a good actress too. Like I just I love her. She's so funny and and you know always a delight to see on screen. So it, it'd be cool if she worked with Tim again on something. Bring her back to the fold. Yeah. <laughs> Come back to the Brotherhood of Burton. <laughs> <laughs> Although it was, um, I had actually watched um, a video that I don't even know how I stumbled upon it, but it was just these random things, and it was when they were the doing promotion of Dumbo. And uh, they talked to Michael Keaton and Tim Burton. And then they also talked to Eva Green and Danny DeVito. And um, they had they first talked to Eva Green. And Eva Green, I, I loved what she said, was that, you know, when talking about, you know, working with Tim Burton and, you know, that she would, you know, love to work with him again on anything. And she said, I'd play absolutely anything for Tim Burton. I'd be a tree, a lamp, anything. <laughs> I hope that she really gets those roles. That would be funny if you found a way yeah. to do that. <laughs> and, and she had gone kind of on to say, like, you know, his films would be kind of, you know, whatever the story would be, it would be weird. But, you know, she would do it, right? And then they had gone in the next um, little snippet was they talked to Danny DeVito and Danny DeVito said like anything that Tim wants to do I'll be in anything he touches is going to be magical and unique and artistic and pleasing so yeah <laughs> so just... so if so if Tim Burton were to do a, like a, a version of the giving tree should Eva Green be expecting a phone call <laughs> maybe <laughs> hey Eva remember you said you'd be a tree for me <laughs> right right I've got an answer now. I figured it out. I think, I don't know if he's part of his stable. I don't think so. Maybe more Christoph Waltz. Yeah, Yeah. he's only done big eyes with him. And I was just talking to my friend, talking to my friend Jasmine while watching. He's very, I love him in Inglorious Bastards, but I do Mm -hmm. love him in uh, Big Eyes. Yeah, he did a really good job. So I think he, he, he needs to be in that stable, as you put it, more. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And he, He's like, he he looks he looks like a guy that will take a role just to have fun with it. Like uh, when we talked about somebody who he hadn't worked with before, I was thinking Brad Pitt because Brad Pitt is like somebody who likes to have fun with roles very too. Very true, very true. Mm-hmm. But um, and another thing, Melissa and I were gonna do something. We were gonna do like a like a radio play with a a Flash comic book where we're gonna read the comic book as different characters and i was going to do it was a trickster story from the flash and i was gonna i told melissa i'm like i think i'm gonna do i'm gonna read the trickster as christoph waltz because i think it'd be kind of fun to do that and yeah i could see that he'd be a good modern trickster if they ever got around to it but yeah, yeah. christoph waltz christoph waltz i bet would fit it in really good with a tim burton would now would you see him doing something more like would you would you rather see him do something more like Big eyes or big fish, or do you let us see him do something more like, uh, like an Edward Scissorhands or a Beetlejuice? You know, I really think he could do both. Um, I think he does big pretty well, though. So I think, yeah, maybe doing something more fun. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I think like a kind of a more fun, lighthearted would be kind of neat. You know, especially yeah, with Christoph Waltz, because yeah, he's yeah, he's a great actor, and I think he he'd be able to definitely pull that off, whatever route Tim Burton might want to take on on that. So, yeah. That's a good answer. Christoph Waltz is good. I, I did think about that after watching watching uh, Big Eyes, and, and he, he is a good. He is a very good antagonist too. He could even be a good if uh, Tim needed a villain for a movie. He'd be a very good villain, like how much like how much like how Keaton was in Dumbo, mm. the kind of that uh, that charismatic yeah. uh, bad guy. I could see Christoph Waltz being for Tim Burton, or much like uh, Samuel L. Jackson and Mrs. Peregrine. Uh, anybody have any closing thoughts or any questions they want to ask about Tim Burton? I, there's so much to say about him, really. <laughs> I know there's so much to cover. Like, I kind of wish I talked a little bit more about like Mars attacks. Um, and things like that. Um, I struggled with some of my answers even researching ahead just because there's so much to cover. <laughs> but um, yeah. I think we I think we showed him a lot of love and we covered a lot of bases. So yeah, I think I think I'm good. And and how can you not talk love about Mars attacks? It definitely had to be like one of the most ambitious casts he's ever worked oh, with too. Sure. A lot of stars, a lot of stars in that movie. Yeah. Yeah. Even your boy Jack doing a double role in that movie. Yep, that's true, too. I was thinking about that. I was like, oh, well, I guess he did do more than one, so <laughs> he would be part of the yeah. studio. <laughs> I don't know why, for like the first time I saw Martax when I was a kid, I always thought that was actually Colin Powell in the movie that was the ambassador and not the actor they had playing him. <laughs> I don't know why I thought it was uh, Colin Powell that got obliterated by the ray gun when they first meet the Martians for the first time. Right. <laughs> I guess they got a good look alike, but that'd be something good. Maybe Tim Burton could do the editing of a comic book called Mars Attacks Meets Popeye. Maybe Burton could tackle that one. <laughs> then he can cast Christoph Waltz's Popeye, and there we go. There, good to go. <laughs> <laughs> all right so lisa where can our listeners follow you if they want to oh yeah so you can find me you know on twitter i'm at iltm podcast i'm also on instagram i love that movie podcast uh, we've also got a facebook group a a group on discord i've got a website i love that movie podcast.com and then you can find the show you know pretty much anywhere you listen to podcasts just search i love that movie and guys like i said at the beginning of the show if you guys don't listen you should and they are unlike most movie podcasts there's it's the most uh diverse list of movies i've ever seen in my life and <laughs> you won't be disappointed it is and I mean that in a good way. It's the most diverse. Oh no, yeah, and it, seen. yeah. It's funny because people always go, "Would you be willing to cover this movie or that movie?" And I always say, "Actually, the guests are the ones picking the movie. So if we haven't covered a movie yet, it's because someone hasn't picked it." <laughs> yeah, I was looking through the same list, like, "Hey, nobody's talked about Jaws. Nobody's talked about this." I'm like, "Wow." 
I know. I think wow. sometimes with, with the really popular movies, people are like, well, I do like those, but I want to talk about this like obscure movie, you know? Like, So it's kind of a, a spectrum of different films that people pick. Yeah, and like, like Brain Candy, Clue, Holy Grail, like you think of like the most random movie you can think of, it's more than likely on there, and it's a good conversation. And uh, who's the guest you have on there that talks about Tim Burton films with you? Oh, that's Christopher R. Mim, and uh, he is a filmmaker from Minnesota that um, he makes like old well, he makes like low budget movies that are sort of like an homage to the 50s and 60s, like horror and sci-fi. And yeah, he is just like super knowledgeable, such a fun person, uh, you know, started interviewing him and became friends. And so he's a he's a regular on the show. Definitely check his movies out on I think you can find him on Amazon Prime. And I think he's got his own Roku channel, too. Oh, nice. Yeah. Listen, to, I think it was your Edward episode you did with him. And I go, this guy sounds like somebody famous. Like it's it's slipping my <laughs> mind right now. Like this guy sounds like he like a celebrity, but I, it's slipped my mind now. But yeah, he kind of sounds like oh my gosh, what if he listens to this and he's like, no, I don't. But he kind of reminds <laughs> me like vibe wise, like a little bit maybe Seth Rogen ish or yeah, I don't know. Like I've thought the same thing, but yeah. That's great. Well, like I said, I, I I highly recommend your show, and I'm not just trying to kiss butt because I'm trying to get on it. But <laughs> <laughs> well, you definitely have a spot on it. Both you and Melissa would love to have you. I, it is one of those things where sometimes people ask me, and then they end up on it like a few months down the line. But it's just because I have like I keep like a running list, and I try to like you know figure out where to put everybody and make sure that it's fair. And so yeah, but if I don't get back to you right away, it doesn't mean that you can't be on. It just means I'm working through a list can only do one a week because that's all i've my brain will allow (laughs) me to watch i've told told melissa she needs to start thinking of a movie so yeah absolutely (laughs) would love to have both of you for sure yeah oh i've been i've been chomping at the bit to talk about the movie i picked so (laughs) (laughs) nice oh i love that movie podcast give it a listen highly recommend you'll be disappointed and it's it's one of those it's one of those podcasts where you just want to jump into the conversation and say, "Oh yeah, I agree. Oh, I disagree. No, it's actually this." Or <laughs> did you, you hear can, this? You can yeah. message me, or we lately we've been doing live shows on Fridays where we just kind of recap the last episode, and so um, that's on Get Vocal. You can jump on there uh, seven o'clock Central Time on Fridays, and and we do kind of go back and recap it. And anyone that's on my show is welcome to come back for that too. Not obligated, but if you want to, you can kind of get people's real-time feedback on it so yeah see you just did it with tim not that long ago too didn't you yeah yeah tim rooney came on and and really like if i'm 100 percent honest it's mostly just like me and my friends hanging out <laughs> you know people that i that i already talk to all the time you know but it's cool to see each other you know and and just kind of kind of recap everything so it's fun I'll definitely have to jump on one of these nights, one of these Friday nights. You should. Yeah, please. The more the merrier. I mean, it's, you know, I'm new to that. And so it's, there's not a ton of people tuning in and I'm like, it's sort of like, you know, forming a band and playing to like an empty audience. It kind of feels like that sometimes, (laughs) but you know, it takes a while to, to get things off the ground. So yeah, come on, help me. 
I'm drowning. I need help. <laughs> we'll help you out. Like we've also made the decision like we we did a we did a live video back was it Memorial Day weekend talking about our favorite feel good movies. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's and, a good idea. And Melissa and I are like, oh, it's like we're both kind of the we're both introverted. But this the podcasting is easier because you're essentially just recording a, a conversation between friends, yes. so you don't have the audience there. But when we, and Melissa jumped onto the live video so late that I'm sitting here trying to keep the like, what's all, yeah. all six all, all six viewers we had like entertained waiting for Melissa like help help Melissa where are you help so far like almost every time I start no one's there and it says no one is watching and I'm like well that feels bad <laughs> and then people like trickle in and I'm like okay good they they saw me live going uh um and like jumped in so but it's all good thank you you know so much for having me on and for wanting to talk about tim burton and explore all these questions you know this is super duper fun i really appreciate it no problem um we'll bring it on home real quick here so you can get back to your day uh melissa where can they find you uh they can find me on instagram and twitter and recently i was able to change up my handle and make it consistent which is a miracle in itself (laughs) so both my um social media handles on instagram and twitter is just uh miss melissa n 25 really simple no uppercase lowercase underscores it's all simple and you can certainly find me and follow me there where can they find you, Jared? Uh, you can find me on tweets and Instagrams at QCA underscore Mista underscore J. Mostly right now, my Instagram is me taking pictures of my cats and uh, posting those on there because that's what Instagram is for, right? Yep. <laughs> and Twitter is either me right now bugging Lisa or it's me trying to get celebrities to acknowledge my existence. So. <laughs> that's all of Twitter, right? Like, just... <laughs> Please Mark Hamill. Me. Mark Hamill. Pay attention to me, Mark Hamill. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but uh, as a podcast, you can find us on Facebook at Nerd Nations Podcast and Twitter and Instagram at Nerd Nations Podcast. You can also find us on our home of Podbean and on Apple Podcasts. I t- I tried Spotify, but we do not own the rights to the music, so sorry. You have to dig for us if you want to listen to us. Um, well, Lisa, thank you again for coming on talking Tim Burton with us. Yeah, for sure. This was really, really fun. Um, I I love being on another podcast, too, because then I don't have to do as much research. I did do some research. <laughs> but luckily, we've covered quite a few Tim Burton movies on my podcast, so I felt pretty fresh. And so there's there's always more to say, you know. And I like looking at just the director himself or writer, director, or producer. Um, so, yeah, thank you so much for having me. And we hope you come back again sometime and Absolutely. chat more stuff with us. We'll, yeah. And you know what, Melissa? We didn't have a single side tangent this episode. No, we didn't. Put a a mark on the wall for that one. (laughs) So, like, bring Lisa back more often. She kept these two on track. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah, it's been absolutely wonderful having you on our little podcast. Thank you. All right. So, we've got to take it on home here. So, as usual, we are nerds and we're proud of it, but the world is still pretty scary out there. 
So remember, everybody, be excellent to each other. Party on, dudes. (laughs) Party on. And watch Planet of the Apes. (laughs) (laughs) The greatest Timbered movie ever made. (laughs) Agreed. Thanks for listening, guys. See ya. The thoughts and opinions expressed by your ambassadors and their guests are theirs and theirs alone. And do not represent the companies they happen to work for. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening, guys.